This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And it is a great day for talk radio. It's the Friday edition. Every Friday at this time, we're joined on the line by Conrad Black, author, commentator, historian, and publisher. Conrad, a good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you, John. You know, I've jumped the gun here a little bit by uh, pre-reading your piece to be published in the Post tomorrow, of which you were the original purveyor. And uh, it's interesting because the legacy media, I don't have to remind you, has been struggling and including the post where Paul Godfrey went up to Ottawa and asked the feds to help with, uh, you know, a little bit of a subsidy, I guess, to the, the legacy media. And uh, lo and behold, in their fall economic statement, they've uh, promised close to $600 million. And in your piece tomorrow, you say, I think an investment by the public sector in Canadian media can be beneficial if it's politically even-handed and underwrites quality and originality and not just cronyism and the second rate. We've talked about that in the past. You know, uh, people will pay in this country for quality. But here where you say if it's politically even-handed, haven't we learned our lesson from the CBC subsidy? I mean, they don't bite the hand that feeds them. Yeah, I I, I didn't comment in the piece on what I considered to be the likelihood of it being politically even-handed. But uh, uh, but I, I, I thought I consciously took the the high road and said if it's set up in that way then then we we shouldn't condemn it though it's not naturally something i i would like to do i mean i you know in general government shouldn't be involved in the media but but um but because of special canadian circumstances i i i think it uh, you know i'm trying to be positive it could work but uh, but not if it's handled in in the ways we're more familiar with of uh, uh, creating what amounts to an echo chamber for the authorities and a, and a, 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 you know a shooting gallery for the opposition. Well, you also say when artificially assisted, it's often led to the subsidization of gratuitously anti-American media and entertainment, or more often simply mediocre content that could not survive independently. So, what are we going to get for our six hundred million here? You figure. Well, John, if you and I were put in charge of the program, I think the country would get their money's worth. But, right uh, there, Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, the, um, we've got to wait and see what they do. I mean, if, if look, I remember when, for example, Davidson Dunton was the head of the CBC. It was about 40 years ago or a little more. And, and, and it, it was a, it was a, Pretty unbiased network, I thought, and, and you know I was young then, but uh, it was it was about fifty years ago, I guess, and um, and and so it's a matter of getting the right people. Well, okay, uh, and that's always been one of those tall orders because you also say in your piece uh, the real underpinning or maybe the flaw in this whole equation is that management seems to be mediocre. Well, it has been. I mean, the CBC management, I think, has been appalling for a long time. Now, I, I'm sure there are exceptions to that. I'm sure some of them are all right. But in general, I, I, you know, they, they're constantly calling in consultants at great expense to the taxpayer. The consultants make you know, recommendations that are probably mistaken anyway. But in any case, no one who knows how to run a business needs a consultant to tell them how to do it. And, and if these people don't, know how to run a business why are what are we paying them for and and uh and then it, lo and behold you, you get the 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 creative people the on-air people the talented people are cut down cut back pushed out uh but but the the pin pushers are still there well paid you know with with uh, inflation adjusted uh, 100 percent pensions 
Well, yeah, not only at the CBC, I might remind you. But uh, let me just also move on to something else, because if this is a case of the government more or less uh, sort of picking winners and losers, you think they ought to be in that game? Look at General Motors down the street here in Oshawa, and the clamoring now is to do something to save these jobs. Do you think it's necessary to do that for uh, what one colleague used to call the sacred auto worker? <laughs> I, look, I, <laughs> I never... <laughs> I was never ready to sign on to any such description as that. I mean, I, I'm not one to uh, to mock uh, the, uh, the, the the sometimes very eccentric views people have of what is or isn't sacred, but uh, it would never extend to an auto worker, uh, no matter how you define ecumenism. But the, I mean, just by virtue of his being an auto worker, uh, maybe he's a saintly person and is uh, out of hours time. But the. Uh, mm. Uh, they, they, to get to your question, it's hard, it's hard not to turn some of these things into a joke, but to get to your question, uh, there's no joke about thousands of people being laid off. And, and uh, my view has always been, uh, and I think I'm now, along with Frank Stronach, the lone espouser of it in this country, is that we should actually be a country that has an ownership position in the automobile industry. Mm-hmm. And I think what we should do is have, instead of the government taking over that pipeline, which they now are, are submissively permitting to be stalled by overreaching courts, upholding preposterous claims from Native people, we, the government should should engineer the takeover of whatever automobile production facilities are being abandoned at, at an absolute knockdown price and and get some kind of an uh, of an arrangement with one of the international automakers where Canada and uh, only on a transitional basis the government of Canada and the government of the province in, involved uh, uh, transitioning to the Canadian private sector becomes a sizable shareholder of one of the world's Ten or so automakers. So there are only about ten companies in the world that are in that business now, and we should have one of them. I mean, Italy has one, uh, Korea has one, um, South Korea. I mean, we should have one, and 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 there would uh, so Sweden has one, a country with fewer people in the province of Ontario, and we should be in that business. And and we've got the facilities, and we can get a first class auto plant practically for nothing. And, and uh, I mean, General Motors would would give us the plant to avoid having to pay off all the workers they're laying off. And you think we would be internationally competitive then that we could export what we make? I think we would be competitive within this market, and I think we would be able to export something. I mean, let's say we made a joint venture with Volvo, uh, uh, so that, we, you know, we, 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 and then we could arrange a favored system for them for that company in this country and then you know volvo sells in the world i mean if the swedes can do it we can do it it's a good country with eight million people yeah frank was on the show two days ago talking about such because i asked him if we could have sort of a nationalized program of an automobile uh, automotive company the fly in the ointment is of course if he were still running magna he'd be competing against himself uh by trying you know to undermine his customers, but that's another aside. No, but he's out of Magna now. Well, yes, he is. Yes, indeed. Uh, but, you know, I, I supported. Uh, I, I said we should support him trying to take over Opel when General Motors was going to sell that company in Germany, and and the late Jim Coots, Pierre Trudeau's uh, chief of staff, right, 
and I were the only people, as far as I know, in Canada who advocated when Chrysler hit the tank uh, and was rescued by Iacocca and the U.S. government in 78, I believe, that, that Canada, in, for less money than Canada and Ontario put into Chrysler, could have taken over the whole business. And Chrysler's still a viable, it's a viable company now in, in alliance with, with Fiat. And the Agnelli family would welcome the people of, or government of Canada as a co-shareholder. Were you part of the brain trust behind the idea of the beaver? <laughs> I, I, I recommended the guy who invented the concept uh, for an order of Canada, but I had nothing to do with the idea. And I, I never thought a car with that name was going to make it. Okay. <laughs> Would have to run on wood chips or something. Uh, with Conrad Black, I've got to ask you still uh, on this, you know, we're talking about, uh, well, Ontario and uh, grandiose plans. This carbon plan that came out yesterday, I don't know if you saw it. but yeah, uh, I did, yeah. Okay, uh, it's an Ontario carbon fund that would pay big uh, emitters not to emit uh, with taxpayer money. Is this a good model? Look, I think it's the best of its type. Uh, it, it's, it's a straight attack on pollution rather than claiming that any carbon emission is a bad thing and should be opposed. Uh, and and I think that is where we want the focus. We're we're fighting pollution. We're not trying to abolish the oil industry. And and um, uh, and and secondly, I like the methodology. It, it invites the private sector to submit proposals worthy of support. So you're calling upon the ingenuity and originality of the private sector instead of Queens Park sitting there like a great on top of all of us telling us what to do. <laughs> and pretty sly, isn't it? Because uh, the minister was on with us yesterday, Rod Phillips, saying that uh, we're real close to reaching the Paris goal set uh, in 2015. We're 22% uh, of the 30% that has to be reached by 2030. Ontario's doing a good job that way. First of all, because we killed coal, and secondly, because a lot of industry has left the province. Right. But that's the way he's framed it. it, uh, it, it next to Russia's claim of being the, the perfect compliance country with Kyoto, because the country broke into pieces and 60% of the population departed, so they claimed a reduction in emissions. But the, the uh, I mean, look, Rod is a very able man, he's a good man, and, uh, and I, you know, no doubt he's right in what he said, but I think we should follow Trump and throw the Paris Accord out the window. It's an absolute load of codswell up. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground. It's always a great day for talk radio when you join us in discussion on Friday. Thanks, Conrad. Thank you, John. All right. Happy weekend to you and your listeners. And to you, Conrad Black, author, commentator, and historian. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.